This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's up, guys? The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 in any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code TBPN. B as in Ben, P as in Puck, N at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. As the Nationals are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! It's not a dream! It's not a desert mirage! It's Lord Stanley! And he is coming to Washington! Oh, great crossover. Got it. (laughs) That's called getting put on skates. Down to two, down to one, and the Washington football team with the upset in Pittsburgh. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season, coming back from 14-0 down. What a win. The show by the fans for the fans. Covering all four major sports in the District of Champions. It's the DC Crossover Podcast with your hosts, Mike Cerrone and Ben Simpson. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 87 of the DC Crossover. I am Ben Simpson. That is Mike Cerrone on a victory Monday. It's been months <laughs> since we've been able to say that. I mean, this team right, right. hasn't won in months. I mean, it was what, like a four or five game losing streak, something like that. I mean, it, it has been 
bad here in the nation's capital for the Washington football team. But guess what? They got the dub against the golden boy, Tom Brady. We're going to be talking about that as well as the Washington Capitals, who are red hot. Uh, and then the Washington Wizards, who are red hot, winning in D.C. right now. I mean, no D.C. team lost this week, Mike. The Caps went 4-0, the Wizards went 2-0, and the Washington football team won their game. We ha- we right. don't know what losing is at this point. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm very used to losing, so, uh, right, so right. I, I do know what losing is and how it feels, but it feels good to not lose for once, which is crazy because, I mean, what did you say, 7-0? and I mean, set, when do you ever have a 7-0 and week? I mean, I mean everyone, across everyone three, teams, about, three teams. Three teams, that's why. Everyone always, everyone always talks about going and doing, like, the double dip when you're betting on certain D.C. teams, even though right. we always say don't bet on teams that you root for. Oh, 100%. Just, because that's just a uh, cardinal rule. Because if my you rule do, is they... always bet against the teams that I root for. Right, right. It's emotional hedge. <laughs> that's and that's my the rule. biggest thing. So you know, people would say, "Oh, I'm going to double dip or something like that," and go with you know when they play the same uh, night. You know, the Caps and the Wizards. And somehow you would have been a big fat winner if you did that this week. So that's oh, yeah. crazy. It was a great week for DC sports, um, which means it's a great time for us to do this podcast with all the <laughs> winning going on right now. Uh, that is Mike Cerrone. I bet Sips. You can follow Mike on Twitter at Cerrone16 and follow our main podcast show account at the DC Crossover. You can also find the show on the Contender app. Uh, as I was able to do a live post-game show after the game on Sunday. It was fun. I enjoyed it. As I was telling Mike, I was so I was doing the show solo, and I got to about 40 minutes in to an hour-long <laughs> post-game show by myself, and I was like, I have nothing left to say. Like I was, right. I, I had co- I had hit on all the points I was trying to hit on. I was like, I recapped the game. I went quarter by quarter. I talked about the best players. I was looking at the schedule ahead. I hit everything, and I looked at the clock, and they and I got a text from the uh, contender people, and they're like, "You're you're going to be off at five oh one," and that it was like four forty, and I was like, "Oh my <laughs> god, I have nothing else to say." I was talking about all the other games in the league, so I texted Mike, and I was like, "Cause uh, you were driving back," and I was like, "Hey, Mike." You got to call into the show. <laughs> You're like, what do you want to talk about? I was like, anything. <laughs> like, I just need another human being to talk to. Because uh, right. you and I have done solo broadcasts, like play-by-play, and uh, we've each done solo versions of this podcast before. It's not that we don't know how to talk. But when you're dissecting a game and you touch on everything you're trying to talk about and you still have 20 minutes and you're like, I was like, I was lost, man. I was like, I don't know what to do in this situation. I would have been able to survive if you wouldn't have been able to, to talk, but it would have been a rough 20 minutes. I'll tell you that. Right. And that's the funny thing is that I texted you beforehand and I was like, hey, man, if you need me to come on, you know, I could come on. But the problem is I didn't get to listen to any of the game, which, again, the app situation is horrible. But luckily and hopefully I won't have to do that for the rest of the season. Uh, but that's the biggest thing is I was like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll listen to the show. So I listened to about I would say about 25 minutes of it. And then I got on the phone. Uh, I got a phone call. And I was like, all right, Ben's, you know, he's just cruising through or whatever. So that's when I called uh, or he my, but my buddy called me. And uh, I got a text from you saying, hey, I- I'm going to need you to come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I Desperately, because there were no other calls going. And like I said, I mean, I just, 
I, yeah. I I had a big show format sheet, and I hit on every single thing that I wanted to talk about, and I I just was like, I have nothing left to say about this right. game. Like, there's nothing else to say. So, uh, well, shout so, out to well, you for saving me a little bit there. Well, what's well, well, the funny thing is that when uh when you texted me that, my buddy's like in the middle of a sentence, and I was like, Hey, gotta go, gotta jump on the post game yeah. show. Yeah, <laughs> I threw the Batman symbol up into the sky, and I was like, Batman, I need I need your help, man, because I I have nothing else to say about this game. And the funny thing is, is we are going to talk about it more here today on the show. Now right. that I've had, we both had some time to uh, think about things more and, and talk about it more. But man, it was a little rough. It was a little rough there for a moment. Uh, before we get to the rewind, I also wanted to touch on something that we did actually touch on on the post game show. Um, but I wanted us to have a little more time to talk about it. Is uh, so you have been a frequent flyer for weddings this this summer and this year. Um, I feel like you've gone to at least like twelve at this point. Um, and, and I wanted to go over, um, some, you know, we can either do like best and worst things about weddings, or I was thinking maybe even ranking like, uh, certain things at weddings and things like that. Um, so, you know, cause I, I, obviously our, our demographic here is probably roughly our age and we're both at the age now where there's like a wedding every other month. I mean, with, with people, either our friend group or like your uh, significant other's friend group or a friend of a friend, you get a wedding invite or something like that. We're just at that age in your late twenties, early thirties where everybody's getting married nonstop. So we're going to a lot of weddings here and there's some good things about weddings and then there's some, some bad things about weddings. So, but I want to, I want us to do a little like Mount Rushmore, we'll call it, of weddings. So I want to know, we'll go back and forth here and we'll try to figure out together the four things that make up a good to perfect wedding, basically. Like the four things. And so some examples, like I'll throw out the first one and then we'll kind of go from there. So my, uh, my aspect of the Mount Rushmore here, we got four slots, is short ceremony. A short sure. wedding ceremony sure. because there's some ceremonies out there that drag on <laughs> and people. drag on. Because the ceremony, honestly, least important part of the wedding. Let's be honest. The dancing, yeah, yeah. the food, the partying, that is what everybody else is. The ceremony is important for the two people getting married. Like that's that's their like that's important for them. For the rest of us in the audience, we really don't care. So make your ceremony as short as possible. I think my wedding, the ceremony was like five minutes, maybe. Uh, it might have even been like like four. I mean, it was pretty uh, short. If, if I recall, it was something pretty short. So it was, was nice. and we did that intentionally. We did that intentionally. We were like, "Hey, we're gonna get in, and get out. Wedding wise, like uh, uh, we're gonna have fun and, and and party, but the ceremony stuff." So, in my opinion, a short a short and sweet. I mean, obviously, you can hit the key moments. You got the uh, who's ever marrying the two people. Maybe they drop some funny jokes here and there. There's some funny moments. Here's here's a classic wedding moment when they do the repeat after me. And somebody like forgets what they said. They're just like, "Wait, can you wait? What was that again?" Or they mispronounce a word. <laughs> oh man, it's always it's always a classic move. But I'm gonna say short wedding ceremony is on Mount Rushmore for me. So uh, real quick, uh, uh, just to add a little tidbit. So yeah, I've been to a million weddings. I mean, I've been to like three or four over the last month and a half, and it's been crazy. Um, so yesterday, or I should say, a couple of days ago, uh, the wedding was my girlfriend's sister's. So I was intentionally trying to get her speech filmed sure. you know, on my phone. And I, this is why I actually texted you that, that night, like really right, late at night, right, like right. it was midnight. I was like, I was so butthurt over this because I, I filmed her dad's little little excerpt that he, that he wrote. 
and I filmed the entrances, and I filmed her speech. But oh, we no. were in like a Did you run some, out of space or something. It, we were in some black hole where my phone wouldn't send text. I had three bars in LTE. Right, Whoa, oh, and man. I just still don't understand. And the video is nowhere to be found. Wow. And I, I literally had one beer before that. So I don't, don't blame it on me oh, being yeah, drunk yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I, 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 it's nowhere to be found. Oh, she was like, hey, hey let, me see, let, let, me, let me see the speech. And I was like, I don't know where it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I was so pissed. But anyways, um, yeah, short ceremony is a good thing. Uh, when I was at my best friend's uh, wedding uh, in Virginia Beach, uh, real quick, uh, a, a few, I think this was about a month and a half ago, uh, I was on this like s- this like staircase, like this like steps uh, that were kind of like in this garden area, and it was still hot outside, right. and it was about seventy nine degrees with a heat index of like hundred and ninety. It felt like, and I'm in a suit and a tux there. Oh and man! At five o'clock, the sun was below like the trees, so like only me, the groom, the bride, and the the groomsmen right below me were the ones that were in the sun. It was the worst. I was we were we were both sweating bullets. Like I'm sitting there like, all right, I need to keep breathing. And, like keep breathing. And honestly, <laughs> I would put that as also a, a Mount Rushmore candidate is the weather, the elements yeah, yeah. for a wedding. Because you're right. I've been to those, you've been to those where it's like a hundred degrees out. And if you're part of the wedding party, you have to be wearing that tux. You're you're sweating, you know, left and right. I mean, I've been in weddings where we had gray suits, and the whole yeah. time I was thinking, we did have is the back gray. sweat coming. Yeah. I was I was terrified. I was like, am I having some back sweat right now or something yeah. like that? Because you figured the sweat would go through the gray. I, I think having the right elements where it has to be it doesn't have to be like the greatest day in the world, but as long as it's not like a hundred degrees and humid. I think elements is is a key moment for a key key component of a good yeah. wedding. Uh, the the biggest thing about that was, and I'll, I'll obviously stop and give you my second one after this is basically uh, the whole entire fact of you saying the the priest or father or what, papa whatever they call yeah, this guy. Yeah. They call him papa. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those that guy was like throwing jabs and jokes in there oh, yeah. and like laughing, oh, yeah. and, and there wasn't a lot of laughs among the crowd. And I'm sitting there like, dude, just hurry up, man. Like, the, right. the, the we're not here to see. We didn't like, pay tickets to go see you at the comedy cellar. Like, uh, you was, know, it, you're just up there marrying two people. <laughs> it was bad. So uh, my second on Mount Rushmore would be great DJ. I don't want no iPod DJ that's right. sitting there and just pressing play on an iPod. I went to a wedding uh, that was, um, it might have been a couple years ago, that literally the guy sat there and just pressed play. And oh. there was like, there are pauses and there was like quiet moments. And you're just like, dude, like, I don't understand if you're taking a sip of your drink, but get the other song like ready to rock. If you're going to be that iPod DJ, at least have the second song ready to go. Oh yeah, like, you have g- to have everything ready to go. I mean, the guy's sitting there, and like I- I'm sitting there doing the WAP or something like that. All of a sudden, there's like a five second pause. Oh, and brutal. Then they- then they had that stupid brick house song come on. <laughs> right. and you're just your like, favorite. all right, this is like this is like five decades difference. Right, uh, but right, I- right. I can't stand. Uh, Cliche playlists and iPod DJs. I can't no, that's right. This. You're right. DJ is crucial. And, and if you're rich enough to get a live band, that's obviously awesome too. But <laughs> nobody I know is rich enough for that, really. <laughs> I think I went to one wedding where they had a live band, and it was pretty awesome. But the only problem with the live band was it was almost actually too loud because right, it was like right. a smaller room and a live band. It was loud as hell. But you're right. Wedding DJ has to be on point. Um, that's a great one. Uh, another one on the Mount Rushmore got to be ah, another one is kind of talking about length of time but the speeches the Ooh. speeches are crucial and you have to really have 
but there's a lot of pressure on usually the maid of honor and the best man, and then occasionally like a dad will give a speech or something like that. Sometimes a father of the bride will give a speech or whoever. Um, uh, my sister doesn't listen to the show, I don't think. But at her wedding, <laughs> at her wedding, it was like more of like a free for all for speeches. So it was like anybody oh. that wanted to give a speech could give one. It took like an hour. So like like dancing was like cut short because uh, all the speeches that were happening at the beginning, man. The the speeches have to be short, sweet, humorous, but not over not overdone. Yeah. But you hit up and, and here's one of the pet peeves of speeches: too many inside jokes, too many inside jokes between the maid of honor and the bride or the best man and the groom. Like occasional little inside joke here and there, totally fine. I get it. But if your whole speech is inside jokes, we're not going to understand what you guys are talking about. We don't right. know what happened in Bermuda. We weren't there. We're not going to be able to uh, laugh about that. You know, it's just not going to be as funny for us. So you've right. got to keep it more universal. The speeches, key component to the wedding. Yeah, the funny thing about speeches, and right when you said that, I kind of got a little bit red over here because I've had two speeches before and uh, not adding like the number of people for the speeches i'm saying like mine has gone long a couple times one i was over intoxicated but i was sure i was sure. I was, <laughs> I, but it, it was a funny story that people still revert back to today and then then, um, then you're okay as long as yeah. you hear about it later on and for the future then you know you did okay like, right, you know, pe- pe- people revert back to the story and tell me how funny it was and different stuff like that. And it's always a running joke of how long it was. Right. Um, and then uh, my buddies that I just did uh, about a month ago or whatever it was, like I said, it, it ran a little longer, but it wasn't too long to the point where it was like, all right, you know, they're checking their watches, okay? Right. Um, but that was also something because, again, like you said, I, I didn't want to put inside jokes in there. I didn't right. want to put in things that no one was going to understand or, you know, put in there. I didn't want to put in drinking and all that kind of stuff because right, right. Uh, people there was... do inappropriate speeches sometimes. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, a real, real quick tidbit. So the one I just went to, uh, you know, my girlfriend did her speech and she, she did very I'm well. Sure, she did a great job. Um, yeah, she did very well. And uh, the funny thing was is that the uh, the best man's uh, speech was a little uh, oh no, a little uh, it was a little uh, was it like out ra- there. Was it like raunchy or was it, it was like... so basically it was just basically referring to the groom being drunk every tw- every two oh, seconds. God. And then also there was one moment in there. I'm not going to say it off to tell you off no, there. No, yeah, yeah. That was like all right. That's a uh, that's a little too far. Like you went a little too <laughs> oh, no. far. And the, and the problem was is that my girlfriend actually said it perfectly. She said, "I think his speech had like bullet points or something because he would say something and then just like wait for some like reaction and then he would just go into something else because oh, it was no. like and it was like it wasn't a free flowing speech. It right. was like it was like something that you see like a bulleted list, like a grocery list. Like I need to get eggs. I need to get bread. Like it was like so, it was like some weird thing that was like going on, and everyone's like kind of looking at each other, like, "Oh, this that's really- brutal! <laughs> that's brutal!" I mean, that's so, yeah. the thing is, you gotta be, you gotta remember, you're trying to make the guy look as great as possible, or the girl if you're the maid of honor, like yeah. you gotta make yeah. him look great and 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 celebrate them. And it's okay to drop some jokes and things like that and make it a fun speech. But man, when some guys or get way too raunchy, they're like, "Yeah, the time me and Brad had, you know, uh hookers on the beaches of Tijuana." <laughs> and you're just like, "What the hell? Like their grandmas here." I'm like, "What are you talking about? Why are you telling this story?" 
Ah, uh, so the speeches are definitely, and then we'll yeah. wrap this up because we do have to talk yeah. sports. Yeah, is, I know. I'd say the last one's got to be the food, right? Like, I mean, that's that's a, that's a pretty so important. I w- I will add on to that saying, uh, because nowadays it's so easy to have these kind of not cliche, like oh, let's just have you know chicken and steak or something right. like that. Now there's obviously options out there where people kind of go above and beyond. Like uh, my girlfriend's sister's wedding that I just went to, they had pizza like the last like hour and 15 minutes or so. And That's they had a huge dessert table where they had a bunch of friends and neighbors make their own desserts uh, that kind of like was basically like brownies and cookies and stuff like that. And they had a whole table like that. It was like a free for all if you wanted to go up there oh, the entire so time. Perfect. It was awesome. And then also other people that do like food trucks and different stuff yeah, like I've that. Heard that too. Yeah. I think I think the specialty food other than the dinner is something that's like a huge deal, especially in today's age, what I mean. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think you don't need to make it all fancy and stuffy. It's like, do you want the steak or the fish or whatever like that? Get get more creative with it. I mean, our wedding, we did Italian food, big buffet. I've been to other weddings where they've done Italian food. Um, I mean, just feed the people, man. Just give them something good. Feed the people. It doesn't have to be fancy. Give us give us some food and let us eat. That's wedding talk here on the, on the podcast. Now let's move into the rewind. We'll just recap this great week in uh, D.C sports and then we'll dive into things a little bit more in depth we'll start with the washington football team we talked about it earlier got the win 29 19 if you missed this game like mike unfortunately wasn't able to watch it live you missed one of the best games that this team has played yeah, uh, all right. season long now taylor heineke we'll talk about him in a bit his best game of his career 26 for 32 256 and one touchdown uh antonio gibson solid game 24 carry 64 yards a couple touchdowns now both of those touchdowns i think were like two yard or one yard runs so uh nothing crazy nothing crazy but he got it done when he needed to uh scary terry six catches 59 yards deandre carter solid game for him three catches 56 yards and a touchdown bobby mccain mike's favorite player and william jackson each with an interception uh, the big news, though, Chase Young leaving this game with an ACL injury uh, presumed to be done for the year. That's kind of the latest reports coming out today. And then uh, the last note on this is 10-minute, 20-second, 19-play drive in the fourth quarter to basically seal the win for this team. One of the greatest drives I've ever seen. And I'm not even trying to just make that statement because we like this team and things like that. I mean, even objectively, it was one of the most right. impressive drives I've ever seen. Washington football team gets the win there, 29-19. Let's move on to the Caps and their fantastic week here, Mike. We talked about them ter- uh, having that little lag and turning it around, and they sure did. No doubt about it. 9-2-4, and four, the Caps are now first in the Metro Division. Obviously, we talked about this before, that you know they were fifth like a couple weeks ago or whatever, but no one really cared because it's so early in the season. But Monday, we told them they had to ride the ship. Uh, right the ship, excuse me, and go and beat Buffalo, which they did 5-3. to three. Ovi scores 741, ties Brett Hall for fourth all-time. Tom Wilson nets two goals, so he's on fire lately. Uh, Kuzi also got his ninth, 10th, and 11th assist. Connor McMichael with another goal as well, his second in his career. Uh, and he's been kind of hot as of late, scoring some goals. And Vitek Vancek came out there. You know, he did his job well enough sure. to get us the dub. 25 saves. Uh, and then we moved on to Thursday, a couple days in between, where we had a new goalie in between the pipes, which was kind of crazy. Zach Bukali comes in there, gets a shutout against Ben's Detroit Red Wings. 2 nothing. Stopping 21 shots, so a shutout, which is kind of crazy because we talked about how the goalies have been struggling as of late, uh, and then he comes in there and has some random shutout. And, and the, the Wings were on is, a win streak heading into that game. The Wings had exactly. won three games in a row. So, yeah. And that's and that's the funny thing is that they were on a little hot streak, just like you said, 
and, and he comes in there and somehow shuts him down. Uh, Dmitry Orlov and Lars Eller uh, scored 10 seconds apart in the first period, and that was pretty much it for the rest of the game. Funny thing about uh, Fukali, though, is he's the first goalie to shut out the Red Wings in his debut in 95 seasons. 95 seasons. That's like a that's over a, a whole entire lifetime. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, and the funny thing was is I was looking it up today. Uh, and uh, couldn't uh, get acknowledged by ESPN.com for some reason. He's not even on the lineup or roster for the Washington Capitals. And uh, even when you click on the game, the 2 nothing game, uh, they had the second star and the third star. The first star is supposed to be him, but they didn't list it because he's not even on the website. Because he's back down to Hershey now, I think. <laughs> and it's like, but it's like you'd think he'd get at least a player profile page on ESPN. <laughs> Or even that little question mark guy that you exactly. have on, like, or, or like a Twitter egg or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Moving on to Friday. Yeah, moving on to Friday, they beat Columbus 4-3. to Ovi scores number 4, or excuse me, 742, passes Brett Hall, uh, and also uh, moves in into, I believe, fourth uh, by himself solo on the all-time scoring list. Connor Sheary scores with 1 minute and 22 seconds left for the win. Samsonov stops 22 shots, or excuse me, 26 shots, and they beat Columbus 4-3, to which is nice on a back-to-back. And then on Sunday, they beat the Pens 6-1. to one. What a beatdown they gave Pittsburgh in D.C. Garner you must Hathaway have been thrilled because you were up in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, well, see, I, I was actually at home at this time. I oh, just right, got right. home. I just got back, and I flipped it on. And my girlfriend's a huge Pittsburgh fan, so we flipped it on. And I was, and she texted me something, and I was like, hey, empty netter for the Caps. And she was like, <laughs> she, she was like I'm already in bed um, because we had a long weekend. But uh, Garnet Hathaway scored – his third goal in two games, Ovi with two assists, uh, Martin Farivari, uh, Sprong, Sherry, Kuzi, and Wilson. Everyone scored, basically, in this one. Uh, and also, Martin Farivari got a shorthanded goal, so that was very nice to see as well. So a 6-1 beatdown of the Pens. And now we're moving on to the other red-hot team in Washington, D.C., the Washington Wizards. He also had Farivari take that hit. Uh, if, if, if people have been seeing the one that's kind of been going around, it was uh, – wasn't that um – What's his face for Pittsburgh? Wasn't that uh, God? Why am I forgetting his name now? It's oh, the, the it's the hit, the hit for Farvari. Did you watch the game, Farvari? I, I did. Penguins. I did watch the game. It, it was, was in the uh, background. Crosby. I was dinner and stuff. Didn't Crosby hit Farvari pretty hard yesterday or something like that? I'll I don't have know. To go back and check. It was going I, around. <laughs> Forget it. Washington Wizards <laughs> nine and three, first place in the Eastern Conference. Let me say that again. The Washington Wizards. First place in the Eastern Conference. Not Brooklyn, not Boston, not Atlanta. The Washington Wizards, first place in the conference. Yes, suck it. Wednesday, the Wizards beat Cleveland 97-94. Close game. I mean, the Cavs are not as bad as they've been in years past. They're still not a great team, but they have some some guys now. They have Evan Mobley and things like that. And uh, This was a close game. Kyle Kuzma, though, hits a go-ahead three with about 12 seconds left. Scored 12 of his 22 points in the fourth quarter. Corey Kispert makes that layup with under uh, basically under a second left in the game uh, to seal the win as well. And then Harrell, 24 points, 11 rebounds. Great, gritty win for this team against Cleveland. And then Saturday, I watched this one. Of course, the game I watch this week is not the uh, close one with Kuzma going off. I watched the beatdown of the Orlando Magic. It was a closer final score, but this was the Wizards game the entire way. They beat the Magic 104-92. Dinwiddie, 23 points. Kuzma had this stretch in the third quarter where he hit three straight threes um, and, and kind of pulled this team away. And this was the fourth straight game holding opponents under 100 points. And all of those games have been wins. Four straight wins, Crazy. four straight games under 100 points. You just don't see that very often 
in the National Basketball Association. It just doesn't really happen. In today's modern game, going under 100 points is, is kind of crazy. Uh, but we'll go from the hardwood, actually, uh, to the football field here and talk. The Washington football team. The Washington football team. We talked a lot about them yesterday as I blabbered on on the postgame show. So we won't spend too much time on them. But I just wanted to hit a couple key points in this one. Um, and I guess I'd like to start uh, with the unfortunate news about Chase Young um, and this D-line that unfortunately has been experiencing some, some injuries of late. I mean, we had Montez Sweat with a fractured jaw, um, and now you lose Chase Young, likely done for the year. Uh, while you and I have both criticized Chase Young at times this season because his numbers haven't necessarily been there as they, have, uh, as they were last year, um, Chase Young, and I said it on the postgame, Chase Young is still kind of the heart and soul of this defense. I think he's the face of this team, and losing him is rough. If we're talking, especially a defense that was starting to get look better, um, and now you lose a guy who would get double teamed and a, and pressure the quarterback and things like that, you lose your dog on the defense, Mike. This is this is not good. This is not good. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, as you mentioned, is. A guy that's the heart and soul of the team can only do so much from the sidelines. Now, you look at other players around the league that have gotten hurt left and right. You know, T.J. Watt was hurt for a little bit and uh, different things like that because the Steelers defense, uh, just for an example, because he's also a defensive end uh, slash linebacker hybrid, that basically when a guy gets hurt and goes down and is not on the field, the biggest thing is you can't feed off them. You can't really get their energy. You can't have their intensity out in the field or their play calling or anything of that nature. Um, it's just like losing a middle linebacker. I mean, defensive end, middle linebacker, and probably safety are the top three uh, positions on the field uh, because they are basically overseeing each set of positions. You know, the defensive end is always that guy that's out there kind of reading the offensive line and reading the coverage uh, for what or excuse me, reading the uh, the play style of, of the quarterback and so on and so forth. Middle linebacker is one calling the plays and kind of sees over the front seven, and obviously the safety sees over the entire defense. So I just think that when you're looking at Chase Young and what he does for this team, I think he gets a little bit too much of, as you mentioned, uh, kind of a bad rap. Uh, I think he gets uh, too much criticism for it only being his second year, but the criticism comes uh, as, you know, it's kind of a token for how much talent he actually has. And the biggest thing uh, for Chase Young is that, yes, he had a kind of a rough year this year, um, but the team has had a rough year. So yeah. you can't sit there and say, oh, yeah, Chase Young, if he was better, we would be 6-2 and two right now or 6-3. and three. Right. right. Um, this whole Chase Young defense, doesn't play quarterback. <laughs> exactly. This whole entire defense has struggled at times to the point where you can't just sit there and blame him for everything. And yes, some criticism is, you know, it is warranted because of the sole fact that there have been times that he hasn't performed well. But when you're looking at different types of players that we've drafted in the first round, look at a guy like Brian Arakpo. Brian Arakpo uh, did play pretty well, decently well, I guess you could say, when he went to Tennessee. But when he was with Washington, uh, he was double teamed different things and uh, or different times and also uh, kind of got held in certain things and caused penalties. Um, now, he's not a talent like Chase Young. He was good, but he wasn't a talent like Chase Young as a top three pick. But when you're looking at Chase Young, losing him, 
uh, and what he brings to the team, not only with skills, but with heart, determination, and fire, I think that that's a huge deterrent for the rest of the season. Now, we're not saying they're going to make the Super Bowl, uh, you know, if he was still on the field, but it's uh, something that's kind of, um, you know, it's kind, of, it's, it's kind of disheartening because you oh, know yeah. the guy loves football, you know the guy loves his team, loves playing with all the young guys and uh, the talent like John Allen uh, and Montez Sweat and, you know, Jamin Davis and all these type of guys. The, the thing about it is that you have to look at as a silver lining to this is it's a good thing this did not happen in week 16 when we're not going to be making the playoffs or so on and so forth. I just did the math in my head because I've had injuries like this. Now, it's not confirmed, at least from what I've seen, that it's a torn ACL, uh, but we have feared that and they kind of confirmed that it is a knee injury and so on and so forth. But he's, if he's out for the season, then usually it's a torn ACL. Yeah, and or it, a torn it was a ligament. no contact thing too, so you got to think it's probably that. Yeah. So, so when you're looking at that, the biggest silver lining is that because I've had this injury before and I'm not an athlete like a Chase Young because he's just a monster. Basically, the the timetable from you know from now until then is usually six to nine months until you're fully healed. And uh, eight months from now is July, uh, if my math is correct. Right. Uh, so when you're looking at it, for a guy like that, you're allowed to, and you can probably walk about 10 days uh, after this type of injury. So when you go out there, he's going to be with the team and so on and so forth. But I think he's still going to be conditioning as much as he can starting late spring. Uh, and they're going to be monitoring him as much as possible because, you know, that that burst is what defensive ends need the most. So, right. yes, it's going to hurt. Um, but like I said, silver lining is this did not happen, you know, five weeks from now where we'd be questioning him for training camp. So yeah, hopefully that's, that is a silver lining. You're right. Where this did happen early enough where hopefully he has a time to be back for week one next year. I'm, I'm sure that's kind of the goal is making sure he's because not only do you have to kind of heal and come back from it, but then you got to get your conditioning up, like you said, and being able to play, uh, you know, uh, for four quarters and things like that. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But obviously it just sucks. It sucks to have the guy who's kind of the face of the team right now go down uh, with injury. And that's the nature of the game. That's why football is brutal. Um, last one on the Washington football team here. We'll, we'll move over to the quarterback position. Um, there was a, a source today saying that Ryan Fitzpatrick is unlikely to return this season due to the hip injury. So with that news, it is pretty much assumed that Taylor Heineke will be the quarterback for the rest of this year. I would be shocked if that's not the case. Uh, but just as we criticize Heineke when he plays bad, we have to praise him for how well he played yeah, right, um, right, this right. weekend. I mean, this was not only um, you know the best game of his career, but some of the best game at a quarterback position this team's seen in, in a couple of years, honestly. I mean, this was you're going up against the Bucks, the defending champs, Tom Brady, the golden boy, and Taylor Heineke was terrific, uh, not only on that final drive, but, Mike, this was a Taylor Heineke that we really haven't seen this year, where he his decision-making was, was so mature compared to what we've seen. I mean, I, I said it on the postgame where there were certain plays where you're like, if this was the Taylor Heineke of like five weeks ago, he would have tried to make the pass in this certain situation and try to hit fit that window. And most likely it's going to get picked off or deflected or something like that. He's going to try to force the issue too much. This was a little bit more restrained Heineke. He was a little more smart, more cerebral. And uh, he got it done. I mean, those stats speak for themselves. I mean, being zero picks and, and going 26 for 32 for 256, that's a great day for any quarterback in this league. And Taylor Heineke was 
absolutely terrific. So we give, right. we give him props. Right, right. And that's, and that's the biggest thing is when you're looking at this team and how this entire game kind of progressed, Tampa Bay has one of the best defenses in all of football. I mean, when you have Vita Vea and Indomitian Sue, even though Indomitian Sue might have lost a step because he's getting oh, older, yeah. um, but you're looking at Levante David. You're looking at guys, Antoine Winfield out there. I mean, you're looking at guys that are Pro Bowl caliber players that are out there and playing just like it's a regular game. Now, they were on a bye week, too. It's not like they just, oh, we're playing the WFT. We can just, you know, we can. it's a layup game. Like, no. I mean, we played them pretty well in the playoffs last year when they won the Super Bowl. Right. Now, I'm not saying that. Heineke tends to be the Bucks kryptonite right now, I guess. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I'm not saying that we played lights out in the playoffs last year because they were just on an unbelievable heater. But the biggest thing in this game was that we just were efficient. I mean, very, very right. efficient. And that's what Taylor Heineke did yesterday is that you're looking at he only incompleted six passes. Now, a couple of those, you know, he got kind of lucky. You know, I mean, overall, when you're looking at that one play where he basically had, uh, you know, the ball kind of get tipped and went through the player's hand. Right, to DeAndre was. Carter. I mean, that was about as lucky as you can get. Because <laughs> uh, right. you're right, that could have easily been picked off. So, so you're looking at an obviously stats, you know, they always say numbers don't lie, but obviously, you know, like, like we have Tom Brady who had that one pick who it wasn't really a pick. It wasn't his fault or anything like that. The guy basically threw it up in the air, dropped it, whatever the heck you want to call it. Yeah. But you're, you're thinking about it this way and just saying Taylor Heineke, this is one of his best ratings he's ever had, I think with 110. Gotta be. Uh, point, point four. But the Bucks have always been really good at the run. They've always been the top team pretty much every single week this year at the run and we ran 94 yards on him. And again, this is a situation where you kind of go back and look at the game against the giants for us. And we stopped Saquon. That was a pretty, pretty healthy Saquon. We, we stopped him for like, he only had like 24 yards or something like that. Right. But the only reason the, the rushing stats were up because Daniel Jones had like 85 of them. Okay. And that's not really what I count as rushing stats. So you're looking at Taylor Heineke. He only ran for 15 yards. And, you know, that's a good thing for us because he did gain a couple first downs, but you're looking at it and saying, we were efficient with the run. So that put less pressure on Taylor Heineke because in this instance, they can stop the run and they're going to take away the pass, uh, or excuse me, take away the run. So Taylor Heineke had all the pressure on him. We talked about that this past week on our last episode. And this week, somehow we ran against him. Antonio Gibson had a, a few really nice ones. I think he had like he had an 8 or 9 yard, then he had a 15 yard. So oh, he yeah. had some good runs. Gibson had and a two, solid day. And that's the thing. is Yeah, he only averaged 2.7 yards, but handing the ball off to Antonio Gibson 24 times, especially uh, that last drive you know, was, was a, a few more than, than you would expect. But the biggest thing about it is, is that we kind of ran against them, so Taylor Heineke had the pressure a little bit alleviated from him because – he didn't have to have you know these zingers in there where he he's had in the past, like you said, where he had to have all the pressure on him to try to fit it in this tight window, and then it was a pick, or he overthrew him the guy by five feet. Uh, so I just think that when you're looking at this game with Taylor Heineke, yes, he had five sacks, which really you would not like, but again, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Right. I just think that overall he had easily one of his best games of his career, and it came against a defense that's pretty formidable in the NFL. Yeah, it was unbelievable, and again, that drive – and the game, I encourage you out there, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, go, I'm sure, at the NFL uh, the YouTube ch channel or whatever probably has it or, yep, I or, watched or, it. I or watched wherever, it, yeah. and you can watch that drive again. And it's just one of those things where, I mean, he, yeah, he got lucky at times with a couple throws here and there and some plays that just went our way. But 
man, it was just one. I mean, that's how you win a ball game is you put together that almost 11 minute drive uh, and that sealed the game. It didn't. You took the ball out of Tom Brady's hands for for 10 plus minutes. And that was unbelievable. So we give props to Taylor Heineke for that one because uh, he deserves it. And we'll see Carolina. Cam's back. Cam, they just beat down uh, whoever the, uh, this week. I forget, but um, uh, the Cardinals. They beat down the Cardinals right, this week. Right, right, yeah, right, 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 yeah. Right. so pretty wild there. I didn't expect that. So we'll see. Carolina, uh, this team will play them next weekend. Let's move to the ice real quick. The Washington Capitals. Well, we have to give props. As we're giving props to the Washington football team for pulling off the upset win, we gotta give props to the Washington Capitals because we we mentioned last show that this team tends to break out of lulls um, pretty yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. This is not a team that will go through super long losing streaks, and boy, did they end that losing streak quick because they went four and zero this week, seventeen goals only allowed seven, um, and just some uh, in all of this. Being without your star, you know, first liners, really. I mean, with Mantha being out and Oshi being out and all these big names, uh, Backstrom, of course, still uh, being out. The guys that stepped up for this team this season, and and especially in the stretch, obviously, guys like Faravari and and Sprong and some of these other guys. It's just it just shows you how deep this team is, Mike. It just shows you that I mean, heck, Tom Wilson is getting in it uh, with goal scoring as well. Uh, Connor Sheary, you know, all these all these guys are just this team is on fire right now, and you gotta love that with the injuries being uh, kind of stacking up here. That these guys who would maybe be kind of middle of the pack guys um, thought of as that have been able to step up, and this team is just on a roll right now with a tough week ahead. Yeah, not not to mention that when they were three zero and one, they ended up having uh, a couple games against Arizona. That's a layup, and Ottawa, who aren't that good as well. Those were two W's, but then all of a sudden you had three overtime losses and two regulation losses within within a matter of seven games. So that was the biggest thing is when you're looking at that little stretch, and you mentioned that this team is very resilient. This team has always been resilient in the sense of when they get that little grace period of okay you know we're not scoring goals or our goalies are letting up way too many shots um there should be too many goals I just think that this team is I mean it's kind of unbelievable to think about um yeah. you know because we talked about it last week they're missing three of their top six guys they've had Backstrom out this entire year so far he's about to come back I would say hopefully within the next week or two uh now I said that last week um but I think they're just kind of as I mean Laviolette, I, I think he's honestly, you know, has something here where he doesn't have to rush back uh, one of his top centermen. So, I mean, yeah, that's not, a, with that's these a good guys, thing. with this team winning as much as they have been, there's no need to be like, hey, we got to get this guy back quick as possible. Right. I mean, obviously we'd love for him to come back, but they're winning without him right now, so you got to love that. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing uh, when you're looking at our schedule is that, you know, without uh, Anthony Mantha, without uh, TJ Oshie, you know, without Nicholas Backstrom – you know, they took Florida Panthers, who are one of the best teams right now in the NHL, to overtime. Uh, you know, Philly, that was a that was a hard-fought game, 2-1. to one. Uh, But then you had that game on Monday against Buffalo after they got rid of J- Jack Eichel, uh, and they ended up, uh, you know, basically punting away their future because he was supposed to be their star, even though right. apparently that wasn't going to work because that's why they gave away. Um, but you had a red-hot Detroit Red Wings team, as you know, 
they came in, or excuse me, we went to Detroit, went to Little Caesars Arena, and then we also had Columbus, and we went out there and outscored both those teams six to three. And then Pittsburgh, that was just a beatdown because that, I believe that might have been the first uh, game we played against Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it might so. Been, I think so. Yeah, it was the very first game that we played against Pittsburgh, and we don't play them uh, until I think mid uh, December. So uh, that's going to be uh, something to look out for too. Is when uh, when Pittsburgh starts getting a little bit more healthy. Even though this Pittsburgh team was pretty healthy, they had Jake Gensel, they had uh, Sidney Crosby. I mean, they had their their top guys besides Evgeny Malkin, who apparently is. I don't know if he was, you know, in a different country or what, because that guy, has, I haven't seen anything about that guy in forever because he's <laughs> yeah, hurt right. all the time now. Um, but that's the biggest thing is just the resiliency of this team to go out there uh, and, and get off the schneid and actually go out there and just step up. I mean, like you mentioned, they're 4-0 this week. They scored 17 goals in those four games, which is an average of 4.25. And then they only allowed a seven goals, That thanks to Fakali, who had zero in that one game. Right. But that's an average of 1.75 as well. So you're looking at that and saying that's a pretty good number. Now, again, like I said last week, they're not going to score that many goals on average. Like if you can go out there and score over two goals a game, that's what I like to see. Yeah, it you're going to you give your a team a chance, chance to win. Time. Yeah, yeah. so it, that, that kind of correlates to the NBA. If you can go out there and hold a team to less than 110 points, you have a shot every single night. So that's a big thing. And then also going and moving on to the, the face-off percentage, they increased it. Uh, by about a percent. So that's not really something too great to look at. Um, we're still having the y- young guys, uh, Protoss and, uh, uh, and and Conor McMichael go out there and lose a bunch. But we are seeing Lars Eller and Evgeny Kuznetsov, which is nice to see Evgeny Kuznetsov, by the way, go out there and actually have some heart and play the game and not go out there and have drama surrounding right, him. Right, because he has we been don't a head <laughs> case in the past and at, at times. And like you said, the drama and this team is drama free right now. I mean, it really is. You don't really hear, you're not hearing about yeah. any of that stuff. Their focus is 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 clearly there, um, and they're off to a great start, nine two and four. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing too is Vanacek last night against the Pens, ninety six save percentage, only one goal allowed, and that was uh, against or have Jake Gensel. Uh, in the first period, and that was kind of a weird goal because they threw it kind of towards the net, and it kind of th- I, th- I forgot who it went through their legs, and then it was basically like at the doorstep. So, uh, you know, Jake Gensel scored that one, but he only allowed one goal, and that's something good because we haven't seen that in his last like five or six starts. So hopefully. Uh, that might get him off the shine a little bit and uh, get him going just as his team has gotten going back when they played Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, just a tremendous week. And obviously, congrats to Ovechkin moving into fourth place all time, the goal scoring passing Brett Hole this week. I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. I mean, it's just right, crazy right. at his age, the output that he's still doing on a night to night basis. I mean, he's still picking up assists, he's still scoring. I mean, he's picking up points left and right. I think he's up there with the points leaders of the league right now. I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, but I, I, it's it's just unbelievable. And, and obviously Hathaway scoring three goals in two games helps as well. That's another guy we haven't really talked about. Um, but there's just so many characters on this team that have been able to get this done. And obviously we'll talk about the schedule in, in a little bit, but it's, it's going to be a tough road trip coming up here. I mean, this team, it's going to be some late nights for the Caps fans because we're talking <laughs> uh, 10 p.m. starts pretty much every night this week. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about those and the results of those uh, next episode. Uh, moving on to the Wizards real quick. We're not going to do a whole segment on them because uh, they only played two games this week. There's not a ton to talk about, uh, but they have a big stretch this week. They've got a lot of games, so we'll, we'll definitely be able to talk about them more. Uh, but 
The the one note is just that, uh, and you and I have been talking about this from the beginning, that the power rankings, and, and look, power rankings, obviously, they're not like a real yeah. thing. They're just a thing that uh, sports uh, sites do to kind of rile up fan bases, I guess. They, uh, and you and I have both created power rankings before in our time in high school uh, sports and things like that. But, um, you know, the Wizards, despite being arguably the best team in the league at this point, at this point, uh, still don't seem to be getting all the respect all the time. Now, they did finally move up into, what, three in the power rankings? Was that uh, it? So I, I was looking at ESPN earlier, and on TV, they had them as five, but on their website, they had them as four. So who knows? Okay. It's one of those two. All right. Well, they're finally in the top five. They haven't been for a while, despite winning. Um, and, and I think they're starting to slowly get into the national conversation. Like I'm starting to see articles written about them in different websites. And I think, I think people are finally taking a little bit of notice, um, which is great because I think with the wizards, I mean, you, you and I know this, the wizards are almost never talked about nationally. Like the, even when they <laughs> right. were making the playoffs, they were almost never talked about. Um, it's just a team that just everybody overlooks constantly, and they're showing the rest of the league, hey, guys, you can't really overlook us too too much longer. We're first place in this Eastern Conference. It's wild. We have a first-place team in the Met, and we have a first-place team in the Eastern Conference. This, yeah. is, I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it honestly is because, like I said before, I just love watching this team. I didn't get a chance to watch the uh, Magic game because of the wedding and everything You didn't like miss that, much. It, like I said, I watched it. It was pretty much a blowout from the jump. But going back to what you mentioned before, it hasn't been a cakewalk over the last four games that they've won. Now, you're looking at this and saying, okay, uh, they did play the Magic. The Magic are always up in the air. You never know what you're going to get with them. Yeah. But the the Cavs, the Cavs, yeah, the Cavs actually are decent. Have a, they have a decent roster. They have, they have decent players on their team. I mean, the Bucks, yes, they didn't have Chris Middleton, uh, but they're still the Bucks. I mean, they still got you know the MVP and everything on that like that on their team, and we have uh, you know John Morant and the Grizzlies. Now, you know how much I love John Morant, uh, but the biggest thing about it is they held all those teams under 100, and yeah. now, uh, which I'm going to try to go and see their uh, their average right now, their average went down in the last four games. And yes, they only played two since the last time we talked about it, so we don't have to spend too much time on it. But I mean. Literally, they're now went down. I think it's I think it says one point seven points since the last time we recorded. Uh, so <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Over over two games uh, since the last time we recorded, it went down one point seven points uh, per game. And honestly, this team is just surging, and it's fun to see this team uh, succeed because we haven't seen this team succeed in forever. I mean, the last time we saw this team actually do something. Uh, was the Celtic series, Isaiah Thomas, and then the broken hand and all that kind of stuff with John Wall. Uh, and I don't even know if you call that uh, succeeding, uh, but you also saw like the Antoine Jameson, Karan Butler, Gilbert Arenas years. So we always revert back to those winning seasons as kind of benchmarks of this team and what we right. want to see from this team. But the biggest thing is, is that this is a new era. Ernie Grunfeld isn't in charge of this team. Ernie Grunfeld is not around anymore. Tommy Shepard <laughs> has the yeah. Tommy Shepard has uh, the reins of Santa's sleigh right now, and he's just throwing out wins to all the children. Oh yeah, and he's just going <laughs> crazy. So that's the biggest thing is I think uh, with this team is that we can just obviously we're gonna get to the forecast here soon. 
Uh, but with this team, you just got to have some of these benchmark wins, that, which they've had over the last couple weeks. Uh, and we will see um, with their schedule coming up uh, with some big games, like, like we said, against uh, you know uh, of the Bulls and so on and so forth. Uh, those are going to be some uh, pretty good games to watch and see how this team progresses. Because I think the benchmark that we have to look for is around game number 25 which obviously is we're halfway there. We're about 12 games in, but we need to see around 25 where uh, this team is at, how oh, this yeah. team has performed and how, how their averages are kind of shaken up because that gives us more of a, uh, more, more of a, I guess you could say a plethora of, of statistics that we yeah, can a larger go off sample of and, size for yeah, sure and see, and see that that's well that's what I was trying to say there you but go. I couldn't, I couldn't, <laughs> I, I I couldn't think it. of it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't think of it. So I was, I was no, adding you, something else. You're right. There, you're but. right. I mean, cause Again, this team uh, last year was pretty bad in the first half of the season, and they were able to put it together in the second half and still sn- sneak into the playoffs. This team now is off to a great start, which is something that we're not usually seeing here in D.C. Usually the Wizards are a slow starter. I mean, I know plenty of years where the Wizards and the Pistons were bottom of the league to start the season. So right. uh, the, great, great run for this team so far. Uh, we'll touch on a couple other scores as far as this past weekend and week. Uh, in the NFC East, there were two other games, the Cowboys and the Falcons played. Cowboys beat them down. I mean, 43-3. This wasn't even close. Uh, I mean, Dak had a great game. You had Zeke find the end zone. C.D. Lamb, a couple touchdowns. So, uh, not even... This wasn't even a game. I mean, 43-3. It was uh, just ridiculous. And then the Eagles... The Eagles... Beat the Broncos. The Broncos are one of those weird teams, man, where one (laughs) week they'll look great, the next week they'll look terrible. I mean... The Eagles have put together four wins now, which is kind of wild. Uh, just one more than, than the Washington football team, but still, you figure that the Eagles would be uh, a little worse than this team, but they got a good win against the Broncos, 30-13. to Slay was able to get a fumble return for uh, 83 yards. Uh, Devonta Smith had a great game, the rookie. Two touchdowns, um, player of the game for sure. And right. the Eagles as a team rushed for 214 yards on the Broncos, Mike. They couldn't stop anybody. It's crazy. Yeah, and, that, and that's the funny thing. The Broncos, as I mentioned earlier, when we were talking about the Wiz, the Broncos are the magic of the NFL. Right. Literally, the Atlanta magic of the NFL because they will go out there and they will beat the Lakers or something like that by like 15 points. Uh, and Wendell Carter Jr. will have like a triple-double uh, with 10 blocks or something like that. And then all of a sudden, the Broncos go out there and you know they lay an egg against an Eagles team that's you know just developing right now. And that's the biggest thing is, who are the Broncos? Is Vic Fangio going <laughs> no to keep his job? I think they were 3-0 and and now they're 2-5 and since then. So it's like, this is a situation where they, they got rid of Von Miller. What, what is their game plan? I, I honestly was going to pick the Eagles in my pickums. Uh, just because I kind of had this, 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 you know, this tingle play, I was like, I don't know, this doesn't seem like a real good game for the Broncos to win. Um, but I just don't understand. They got rid of Von Miller, so what's their what's their game plan? Like, wh- no. what are they looking for? Because he's still young enough to make an impact. <laughs> I don't think he. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think Denver knows. I think there's they're kind of high with all that uh, yeah. that 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 all air the air, up there. The the air, the, yeah. the, the air, yeah. the air Broncos fans <laughs> are definitely not having a good time because. They were off to this great start. I mean, my my boss at my job is a, is a Broncos fan, so he's been complaining to me about just, just right. a rough stretch here. And then the Giants had a bye week, so we didn't uh, see any G- New York Giants games um, here. Uh, college football, 
We've got uh, Maryland losing to my Michigan State Spartans, 40-21. This was a game that was kind of close at the beginning, and then Michigan State just does what they do, and they were able to pull away there. Um, sets up for a huge Michigan State-Ohio State game this weekend. Um, and then you've got uh, UVA. Cra- crazy crazy sp- spread on that, by the way. Did you see that the, the game is 19 and a half? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's <laughs> – Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, I, I don't want to do it. But I'm telling you out there, and this isn't one of my picks, so I'm not giving it away early. True. I would look at that Michigan State cover. I mean, I just think that's a big spread. Um, and, and Michigan State is not better than Ohio State. Like, I think Ohio State will get that win. But Michigan State's got guys that can break out for touchdowns left and right. This is a pretty good offense. The defense stinks, but I don't know. Uh, UVA loses to Notre Dame 28-3. to ODU uh, beats Florida Atlantic 30-16. to And Virginia Tech, Mike's Virginia Tech Hokies, easy win over Duke, 48-17. Nothing really to mention there. Yeah. Uh, as far as the forecast ahead, uh, we mentioned Washington football team play this Sunday, 1 p.m. against Carolina. That should be interesting because the Panthers now, different guy quarterback. Cam Newton is back, and uh, he looked pretty good. Um, and then you got the Caps. The West Coast swing here. Tuesday at Anaheim, Wednesday at L.A., Saturday at San Jose, Sunday at the Kraken. First Kraken sighting for the Caps this year, right? That would be fun. Yep, uh, yep. Not that I'll be watching because it will be 10 p.m. at night uh, <laughs> on a Sunday. The Wizards, a good stretch for the Wizards here. So Monday against Pelicans. Pelicans are bad, so the Wizards should win tonight. Um, Wednesday at Charlotte. That's an interesting game. Charlotte's not yeah. bad. Uh, they've still got some players. And then this is the fun stretch. Thursday yep, at Miami, yep. Saturday at home against Miami. This two-game uh, home-and-away stretch here against a good Miami Heat team. This will be the test, Mike. I think those two games plus the Charlotte game, I think if you can split the Miami two games at least and you obviously beat the Pelicans, this team could realistically go 3-1 and one in this stretch, I think. Right, and that's going to be a big deal is when it comes down to Miami – how are we going to defend the weapons they have? Now, I think that when we talked about uh, the big men for the Wiz, and we've talked about that for many weeks now, the Wizards need to defend my boy, Bam Adebayo. Right. They have to defend him because he's going to go out there and probably get a double-double, but you have to limit Jimmy Butler. You have to pick your poison with this team. And usually, when you pick your poison with Miami, it all depends on how that second star goes, which is always Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, yeah, Kyle it may Lowry be. now too. Exactly. Yeah. And you can't and you can't have Duncan Robinson come off the bench and all of a sudden just light it up. You know, you know, yeah. go twelve points and have three assists or something like that. Yeah. So it's going to be a, definitely a huge stretch. And and by the way, let me add this to the Caps as well. They are on this West Coast swing in in L.A. or not L.A. Uh, California and then Seattle, but when they return. And they have, after this little uh, West Coast road trip, they also have the Panthers twice and the Hurricanes. So it's going to be a long stretch here. So in the next two and a half weeks or so, we're going to see how this team is doing. Uh, So that's going to be big with the Caps. But going back to the Wizards, as you mentioned, should get that 10th win against the Pellies. It's going to be a hard-fought game against Charlotte uh, with uh, with, uh, LaMelo Ball. And then, obviously, the two fun games, Thursday and Saturday. But we will be watching those two. Those two will be easily on the TV. Yeah, those are must-watches this week for sure. Uh, In local college football, you got number 6 Michigan heading to College Park taking on the Terps. This should probably be an easy beatdown, but we'll see. Uh, UVA heading (laughs) to Pittsburgh, take on number 21, Pittsburgh there. ODU uh, heading to Middle Tennessee, Louisiana at Liberty, and Virginia Tech going down to Miami. 
And that's a winnable game for Tech, I think. Uh, so that one should get interesting. And then rather than go through every single local college hoops games, I decided, like I tried to do last week, I just picked out a couple that could be interesting. Monday, you got Radford at Virginia Tech, the Battle of Virginia Schools there. Uh, Tuesday, number 25, UVA at number 15, Houston. That should be a fun one. And then George Mason at number 21, Maryland on Wednesday, 3 0. George Mason Patriots, Mike, one of the uh, best starts in college basketball. They they got a huge test here. What what channel is that going to be on? You think? Um, I don't know. I've been watching all the Mason games on ESPN Plus. I don't know if this one would right. be on on TV or not. Uh, you you'd hope you'd you hope think it, it would because it's Maryland's a ranked team. So we got. Uh, all right, I'm looking Big Ten Network. Okay. Big Ten Network. So uh, here locally, I'd say I don't think Mason will win, but I'm looking to see them give Maryland a game because they've been blowing out all the crappy teams they've been playing. So (laughs) they need an actual team to play. Uh, This is the final lap. We're going to cover some other big stories in sports. 90 seconds on the clock. Here we go. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Detroit Lions game ends in a tie yesterday, Mike. One of the worst games in the uh, history of the NFL, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not going to lie, at the wedding I was at, I had about, uh, because I was in Steelers country, it was funny because everyone kept coming up to me because they knew what my uh, you know, my past was as a sports broadcaster. And they were like, hey, man, did you hear about Big Ben? He's out. He was COVID. And I was like, yep, you're only the fourth person that's told me in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> it was a rough game, to say the least. Uh, Russell Wilson comes back from the injury and gets shut out. Really put up nothing uh, yesterday. It was It was a rough one for him going against Aaron Rodgers, who came back. This is the one thing I love about Russ is that he never makes excuses. He went out there and said the, the finger is nothing to do with how we got shut out. It was just a really bad game for him. Cam Newton, speaking of coming back, Cam Newton comes back to the Panthers, produces touchdowns on the first two plays of the game for the Panthers. Can he just get a haircut? I mean, his hair <laughs> literally looks like the guy, the island boys on TikTok. He does look now. like an island boy. Uh, <laughs> Connor McDavid becomes the sixth fastest player in NHL history to 600 career point solid milestone for the kid he he is unbelievable but now the next step is to get Edmonton to the next step I and mean, that's the biggest thing is you got to build more around him and you got to see what he can do uh, when it comes to the most important games but obviously like last year they lost the Canadians which is embarrassing and then last but not least in the MLB as free agency is starting to heat up kind of the first domino to fall was today as the Detroit Tigers signed Eduardo Rodriguez to a five-year deal, the lefty from Boston. Um, so we'll kind of see. I don't expect the Nats to do a ton in free agency, maybe little pieces here and there. Um, but uh, the first big name to be signed, there's a lot of free agents um, that uh, looking to be signed here this offseason. And Detroit Tigers snag Eduardo Rodriguez. I think the immediate reaction from you was, all right, let's text our group message and say, hey, let's just put an emoji in there. So I actually <laughs> talked to uh, one of my coworkers and I said, hey, you know, the Tigers are making moves because you've been saying this for now, a couple of years now, saying, hey, these guys are going to start, you know, making a move here soon, post Miggy era and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's going to be cool to see if they can actually get Carlos Correa, who I'm not a big fan of, but at the same time, he's a talented ball player. That's the problem is I can't stand him either, but if he's playing for my <laughs> team, he's my yeah. guy. <laughs> I'm Exa- not buying a exactly. jersey or anything. But yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to uh, get too excited until I see A lot of young the, pieces. A lot of young the pieces. Until the ink dries. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see the Nats here in free agency as well. Maybe they'll make a couple small moves. I don't expect any big splashes from Rizzo here uh, this year. But let's move into the trivia side of the show, as oh, we yeah. like oh, to yeah. do. Uh, this is Mike's trivia show. We also occasionally do some Detroit sports trivia, too. 
been challenging <laughs> Mike a little bit. It's a different type of thing because Mike's not a Detroit sports fan, but he he has sports knowledge. Well, the, um, fun, the, well, the funny thing was is that when, <laughs> when I showed you the case of this, you're like, "Hey, is it? <laughs> it looks exactly like mine." <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It, it is. I got this uh, for my birthday this year. So uh, right. I'll ask you this question first, and then and then I'll let you hit me. Uh, all, right, all right. Who averaged? 21 points and five assists, earning MVP honors while leading the Pistons past the Lakers in the 2004 NBA Finals. So, who averaged 21 and five assists and got MVP of the Finals the year the Pistons beat the Lakers the championship? Obviously, there's about five options that you can think of as far as uh, on I, that team. Yeah, I but, know the uh, I know the entire starting lineup. Right, right. The, I'm obviously gonna go with two guards because i'm not gonna go with prince i'm not gonna go with big ben and um, you can ask any questions if you'd like okay uh well i, I kind of don't want to ask a question that's all um, right you don't have to <laughs> the, the thing about chauncey billups is that chauncey billups wasn't like a chris paul distributor he was more so like he had a good facet to his game that he was kind of like a spencer dimwitty who was going to average about five assists um five six assists but ah man I want to go with with uh, with Rip though. I'm thinking about going with Rip. I, I just don't think Chauncey Billups scored over 20 points a game. I think he was more in like the 15 to 20 range. I'm gonna go with with Rip Hamilton. Is that your final answer? Oh yeah, it is. That is incorrect. It is Mr. Big Shot Chauncey Billups. He had a 50-50 shot there, and uh, <laughs> it was Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups, yeah, who is sucking as a coach in Portland right now. So <laughs> uh, not going well for him whatsoever. Uh, let's move to the D.C. sports <laughs> trivia question now for the fans Damn at it. home. <laughs> well, I want to know now what uh, what Rip actually. Uh, I mean, he had a good finals, but yeah, Billups was uh, he had a great, great finals for sure. So I'm, I'm just trying to trying to figure that out. I'll have to go look at it later. I uh, probably won't, but I I, I should. <laughs> um, so here is a Caps question. Okay, I picked up the first one uh, and was like, all right, let's let's go with this one because it makes more sense to go with this kind of era. Okay. So this is an easy question. Well, I shouldn't uh, say easy. Yeah. Um, it says. In what season did the Capitals win their first President's Trophy? Their first President's Trophy, which is the most points in the regular season. So, if I recall, okay, the Caps had this stretch. I feel like they had this stretch where they were winning President's Trophies a lot in my mind, where like they were but they weren't necessarily winning the cup, but they were winning the President's Trophy. Um, and had a nice little, nice little stretch there. So if I'm thinking, so they won in 2018. They won the Stanley Cup. So I'm thinking that they they probably won their first Presidents Trophy within like five years of that because they started going on a nice run. Um, so if that was 2018, might have to just take a shot in the dark. It's, you got your hey, you got your questions, bud. But what, what what question am I going to ask? What year do they win? Well, okay. Here's my question then. Was it within five years of them winning the cup? No. Okay. So it was long ago. Great. Okay. Well, okay. It, it, I'm not going to say like 1992. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, okay. So it was actually probably then like maybe like mid to late 2000s or something. Uh, oh, well, then I, oh, <laughs> uh, boy, I am not entirely sure. Or, well, they did make a Stanley Cup, and they played the Red Wings back in the, in what, the 90s, right? They um, did. So maybe it was that. I mean, 
but I, I forget what year that was. Oh, this is not good. This is not good. <laughs> um, I'm, I'll just take a shot in the dark. I'll just say uh, 1993. Uh, no. Um, they actually, I think they made the, uh, it was against the Red Wings. I think it was 98, I believe it oh, was. Um, but the correct answer was 2009, 2010. <laughs> okay. That wow. season, they scored 121 points, wow. which is a lot of points. That's uh, a lot. And that was, that was definitely – they only had 15 regulation losses wow. the entire season, which is kind of crazy to see. Those years were the Bruce Boudreau era. Okay, okay. See, I mean, I'm he, just not up on my Caps history as well as I should be. But you well, know what? I'll, about, I'll go study. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go, go watch yeah, go, the game tape every year. That was the biggest thing about that season, though, is that uh, in his tenure as a whole, Bruce Boudreau, that is, because he actually was so offensive to the point where they would go out there and just score four or five goals a game, but their defense sucked so much <laughs> right. that they would let in three or four goals a game. And it was always depending on how the goalie was playing that night because in that in those seasons, they had Mike Green, as you know. Right. They had Alex Ovechkin, I believe, seven, seven. was on the team. So, you know, Nick Baxter. Was, so they had goal scorers. They had all these offensive pieces, but their defense was just terrible. Boudreaux's now doing the uh, the pre-show and, and – Half, uh, not halftime, obviously with hockey, but the middle period stuff. I, he's on the broadcast. Yeah, intermissions, now. yeah. Um, yeah, because he because he went over to Anaheim and uh, and basically coached there for about three or four seasons, I believe. And then I think he hasn't done anything since. Yeah, so they have him on TV. I I feel like there was a segment, and I like don't even remember him talking. So I I don't even know <laughs> oh, if he said a word. He uh, just he was just there. He was there. <laughs> let's move to the money line. And I'm happy to move to the money line, sponsored by DraftKings, because your boy went two and zero oh this past week. While unfortunately, Mr. Cerrone went zero oh and two. Uh, tough one, tough one. New Mexico Aggies, New Mexico State. Come yeah. on now, you kind of got screwed for both of those because you had the Titans uh, only win by two, and you needed them to win by I think three or three and a half. Yes, it's three. Yeah, and then the Alabama game in New Mexico State, where it was what a. 55 point cover or something like that and they and they lost by like you know 59 or something like that i mean it was unbelievable just insane um i was able to get some nice wins there i had michigan beating penn state um and then i had uh i forget who i had covering but i got both of them um my picks of the week this week i'm not really confident about it and after coming off of a two and a week i really wanted to try to get back to 500 now as i am eight and ten and mike is ten and eight my lock I'm going Oklahoma, favored by four points over Iowa State. Oklahoma has been kind of a weird team this year, but they did look pretty good the other day. I, I I'm just going. I'm, I'm going to say they're going to win by at least a touchdown over Iowa State. My dog, I'm going. Uh, I, I might have to change my dog because I I found out the running backs hurt now. But you know what? I'm just gonna, I'll stick with it. Texas. <laughs> Texas got a cover. Texas is the dog against West Virginia by two points. I'll say that they are able to cover, even though that's probably not going to happen now. So we'll put right. we'll put it this way: if, if Texas's running back is hurt, depending whoever whatever that guy's name is, I forgot. It was like Bijus or something. I forget. B, oh, okay, Bijus. Uh, <laughs> not Beetlejuice. <laughs> I'm so, telling okay. you, his name is like a B, B. John Robinson. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If he's hurt, then the spread should go up. So we'll just count whatever the spread is. Right. You know, right. The, yeah, the that's fine. but I'll still I'll stick with my my Texas. So yeah, I'll go okay. Texas against West Virginia as the dog. Okay, so you just basically want Texas to cover whichever spread it is. Yeah. All right, so uh, my dog is surprisingly again Wake Forest is is an underdog again, 
Uh, this one went to Clemson. I now, saw this under- one too. Yeah, they were an underdog against UNC. Should have easily covered that, being up like eighteen or whatever. Right. Um, but then their defense just was was terrible. But the good thing is, is that Clemson doesn't have an offense like UNC. Uh, UNC has Sam Howell and some other pieces, and Mac Brown's a coach. Yes, Dabo Sweeney's the coach of Clemson, but Clemson's has uh, you know a Hawaiian ukulele. Uh, as, yeah, I mean as, Clemson as, being as, unranked. Uh, at this point in the season, like just shows you how bad they are because of how good Seriously. they've been in the past. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just terrible to see Wake, who is nine and one, who's ranked to be underdogs. Yes, they're in Happy Valley or whatever. What's the what's the Clemson one? Death Valley. Death Valley. Yeah. All these no, that's valleys. LSU, isn't it? Yeah, Happy Valley. I think is is Penn State. Uh, yeah, Happy Valley's Penn State. Death Valley, I believe, is LSU. Uh, Clemson, I don't even, I forget let's, what it is. We'll, we'll, let's go, we'll, we'll, let's go with the Valley. Right, um, right. and it's, it's one of those things. And, uh, basically I cannot believe three and a half is the, is the cover here. That's crazy with Wake's offense. Right. Uh, so that's my, uh, that's my dog. Death, oh no, Death Valley is, is, is Clemson. Sorry. I, I, I guess I was, then what's LSU? LSU. Maybe sta- they're, maybe they're Death Valley too. <laughs> LSU stadium nickname. They're also Death Valley. So they're both, <laughs> Death, you can't have two Death Valleys. Yeah, people are dying no... left and right. You can't. You can't have <laughs> two. You can't have two Death, death Valleys. That's so stupid. It is. It, well, yeah, they also both are the Tigers. So it's like you know. Ah, like, yeah, it's true. Go, go okay. Tigers. Go Tigers. Very weird. Well, not um, anymore. Not, so not, yeah, anymore. not anymore, Coach O. Um, but my lock. I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. So I don't like any of the NFL lines right now. Yeah. Currently, uh, I think they're a little bit too spread out. Uh, but I'm gonna go with SMU plus twelve versus Cincinnati. Wow. SMU is eight and two. Uh, they've had two tough games. I believe they lost to Houston. I think was one of them, and maybe Memphis was the other. Um, but Cincinnati, they are you know the number five. They're undefeated. And they struggled for two out of the last three games or so. So when you're looking at it, I just think that this uh, this game is going to be a tight one. I don't think it's going to be you know a two touchdown blowout. Cincinnati didn't really play that well against USF that I watched uh, this past weekend. And Cincinnati, they have to blow out people. So I think that honestly can have a recipe for disaster uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, mistakes, trying to get deep balls down the field or something like that. And SMU is not a pushover as well. Obviously they're eight and two uh, for a reason. So when you look at it, I think a 12 point spread is a little bit too much. So my lock is technically going to go with an underdog. Uh, not to win outright, but just to cover that spread. I like it. I like it. That's not bad. No. So I'll, I, I think uh, I think that might actually work out for you too. Oh, uh, thanks. So <laughs> this is. Uh, I'm not going to go with New Mexico State to cover a 77 point spread again because apparently they couldn't even they couldn't even run the ball. I mean yeah. Bryce Young had five touchdowns in the first half, and I was like, oh, this is it's nah, I'm I'm sol right now. I mean, <laughs> and the funny thing is they had all that scoring, and then they like barely scored in the second half at all, and then right. but they still they still <laughs> Alabama covered and uh, New Mexico State did not. Um, yeah, of course, that is the money line. Feel free to bet responsibly. Uh, if you would like to use any of our picks, Mike's picks have been better. So if you've been following his picks, you probably won some money. Uh, I'm getting back there. I'm eight and ten, hoping for another two and a week and get back to five hundred at. 10 and 10. We'll see what happens. Huge week for DC sports this week, people. Again, the Caps on the road trip in California, the Wizards with some key games. Washington football team, obviously, on Sunday. We'll see if they can carry the momentum from the Bucks game into their game against Carolina. A Carolina team now with Cam back in, and we'll see how that goes. They just beat a good Cardinals team, so it's going to be fun, and uh, we'll see how long we, we get to wear the crown of first place teams because we're first in the Met 
First in the Eastern Conference, and the Washington football team is third in the NFC East, so we'll take it. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter at the DC Crossover for myself and the main show account, and you can follow Mike at Cerrone16. Uh, download the Contender app where you can hear us live when we do post-game shows and extra shows and things like that, as well as our podcast streams on that app throughout the week. Um, but you can also download this show wherever you get your podcast too, and support our sponsors, of course, DraftKings, which you'll hear that ad at the start of the show. Any final thoughts, Mister Cerrone, before we take our leave here tonight? I, I would, I would say, you know, I hate Virginia's weather. Virginia's weather just right. sucks. If you guys can't tell, like I've been nasally and stuff all day. I got tissues <laughs> in my nose right now. Like it's horrible. And that's just the biggest thing is Virginia has – and someone told me a quote years ago. They said, Virginia is the only state – because no one cares about Maryland. Right. Virginia is the only state that you can experience all four seasons in a single day. Oh, yeah. And li- literally, you go from you know 20 degrees in the morning to all of a sudden it's 75 degrees at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm sick and tired <laughs> of these parents saying – Oh, Mr. Cerrone, where where are your pants? And I'm like, I, I mean, I'm wearing pants, by the way. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I don't know if that's their problem. Like, that sounds like a you problem there. I, well, because I'm wearing shorts, because I wear shorts sure, you know, during sure. the day. Never want your parents of your elementary school children asking where your pants are. So. <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm sick and tired of everyone asking me, where, where, where oh, no pants today? And I'm like, okay, I, I'm not going to sit there and put, you know, you know sweatpants on. Do all, the police are on speed stuff. dial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> okay, that is that is Mike Cerrone. It's uh, it's good to have you. That back. was a weird. That was a weird ending. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. As it always is on this show. Uh, please uh, continue to rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff to the podcast, and we will see you next week. This has been another episode of the Pantsless <laughs> DC Crossover. <laughs> we'll see you guys.